0: Welcome to our super podcast the podcast all about things that we find interesting like comics and video games and music
1: each week we choose a topic and then we'll both choose something related to that topic to talk about we'll also run down what's happening this week that has caught our attention and we'll end with your listener questions hello
0: I'm I'm Steph Peronins
1: I'm Sarah Grayley
0: hi how's it going
1: This is going all right. Are you asking me or the listeners?
0: (laughs) Mainly mainly the listeners, but also maybe you. How are you? I'm okay. Good. (laughs) I'm a
1: solid I'm a solid seven out of ten.
0: Only seven out of ten. I'm
1: hung I'm hungry.
0: We only just had lunch. That's awful. I know. Um What what cool stuff's been happening with you this week?
1: Wait, wait, how are you?
0: Oh. Thank you so much for asking. (laughs) I'm like a solid like eight.
1: Oh, excellent. Oh, good. One more well, than me. Well, I, I
0: had lunch and now I'm full, <laughs> so I guess that's the extra one.
1: Okay, you carry the podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, have you got anything to announce? What's been happening with you this week?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so, I do a comic called Kim Reaper. Uh, it's published by Only Press, And we did, like, the first arc last year called Grim Beginnings. And now there's another arc coming out called <gasps> Vampire Island. Gasp.
0: Shock. Surprise. Yay. Can you... What can you, what can you tell what can you tell us about vampire island
1: um there's an island and it's got <laughs> vampires on it wow it's really good and it comes out september the 5th cool um and you know you should you should get that you should add that to your pool list right now
0: yeah if you're interested in getting vampire island and the next amazing episode of kim reaper it's really good <laughs> I, I've, I've said mo- most of it so far It's very good um, You should totally get in touch with your local comic book store And pre-order it because that stuff's really important Yes and, um, Yeah. Also, September 5th
1: Also um, there's a new site up called uh, KimReaperComic.com So if you haven't read any Kim Reaper um, Only you're updating it Like every weekday with a page from Grim Beginnings which is the first arc So you can get caught up Or you can just buy Grim Beginnings
0: yeah, you, you can, can, you can just online. go on. You can go on like a website right now and just like buy Grim Beginnings. Or if you read it like every day leading up until when Vampire Island comes out, you should be
1: up to date.
0: You sh- should be up to date. I you? think that's. I think they have, they've timed it. Yeah, exact.
1: Oh, thing. that's that's cool. You've got okay. options.
0: Yeah, which is pretty cool. It's very good. It's worth checking out. <laughs> what else is cool this week <laughs> in terms of like not stuff related to you?
1: E three.
0: E three happened, which E3. is great because it means while we while we're working in our studio at home we've had like so much video game related content to watch which is just the best
1: i love video james
0: what are you excited about from e3
1: um you know what i i don't think it was in the main coverage like, <laughs> I, I, I saw the, the spyro trailer
0: oh yeah no um i think it was just in one of like sony's live streams
1: yeah well i'm <laughs> i'm very excited about that
0: <laughs> What what's your what's your history with spyro
1: Um, it's very good and I played a lot of it as a kid Uh, I borrowed someone's copy of the game and I forgot to return it I'm sorry Sophie (laughs) but yeah it was really great and I love it and um, so they're they're doing a remaster of the first of the first three games I guess Yeah, yeah yeah Um, so there was, yeah, there's like a new little gameplay bit of that that we watched this morning, and Spyro looks so bouncy, I love him.
0: The the guy making the game made it sound like they did all of the, they've made all the game code from scratch or something, because he was yeah. saying about how they were trying to, how they tried to figure it out how to make all the jumping exactly the same and all the running feel exactly the same. yeah. and and yeah that sounds like an undertaking and a half it does
1: thank you for taking that undertaking (laughs) (laughs) for for me personally
0: (laughs) it looks good i never played i had like a demo of maybe the second spyro game and it was like a really it was like a really like hefty demo so i had a good time with that but i never got one of the full games you fool i know now i'll never never know oh wait yes i will know
1: oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna buy the remaster and maybe you can play it once i'm (laughs) done i know so generous what anyway. did uh, what did you like from E three?
0: Um, I really 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 liked m- most of the Nintendo bit, except yeah. for the fact that I kind of as soon as they t- started talking about uh, Super Smash Brothers, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, see, I can. They're spending a lot of time on Super Smash Brothers. That's okay. I can't wait to see what happened. What-, what are going to talk about next? <laughs> and then it just ended, and it was like the weirdest feeling because I think ev- I think everyone else kind of delivered on. Well, maybe I don't think Sony really announced anything new, but I think every other video game conferency thing there was like had some kind of like new announcements. But yeah, Nintendo kind of. I feel like Nintendo kind of started strong. Like um, Super Mario Party looks amazing. It
1: does look fun, doesn't it?
0: And it kind of brought back some weird memories of when we when we had a Wii U. We bought um, Mario Party Ten, and it was like the weirdest mario party game in the world because you're all on like a little bus going around and no one has separate dice rolls so it's like a board game where you roll the dice and then you all move the same amount of spaces and it was awful and it was like this is not mario party this is not no one's getting no one's getting like messed about in this game it's just nice
1: yeah i want my mario party to be mean
0: yeah, I That's feel,
1: the only kind of Mario Party I am interested I, in. <laughs> I've
0: watched a whole bunch of like them um, the giant bums websites, like Mario Party streams, and they always do the whole mode where it's like fifty turns or something there's like fifty turns each, so it lasts for so long. So if you can imagine after every other like turn there's like a mini game as well. So yeah. that's what I want from a Mario Fight game. I want it to be like a whole thing where about halfway through everyone's questioning how they wanted to even play it in the first place yeah that sounds good so, yeah i'm I'm excited for the new one because it looks it look from this on the surface it looks like the old mario party games yeah so
1: that's out october I mean, the 5th i think
0: which is so soon that's so soon like if we can if we can get some decent hotel wi-fi in new york yes we could just play it at new york comic-con yes mm. <laughs> if, if it's not too busy oh wait <laughs> it's kind of a busy show
1: but yeah and there's also uh on the Nintendo Direct they um, announced Overcooked 2 uh, yeah. for Switch. So Overcooked is a really really fun game um which I recommend if you haven't tried it out yet, you should because there's more coming and I'm excited to get that.
0: It's like a really good cooperative cooking game. Mm-hmm. Where you're like kind of you you each kind of like everyone has their own little roles in a kitchen, but it's kind of like not like a typical kitchen like some of the levels there's like you have to like cross over like little bits of ice floating in a river to like get from one thing to oh, the yeah. other and then there's like ones on a space station where you can only cook ingredients in certain bits of it but then the ingredients are stored in this other room but then the rooms are always changing so it's like cooking but like super it's, stressful in yeah a good way
1: it's like a cooperative puzzle game but you can set your kitchen on fire which is bad don't do that <laughs> yeah
0: no that's the worst thing in the world when like the kitchen sets on fire and then you're trying to like put it out with the fire extinguisher but then it's like it's getting on more on fire then you can deal with it it's very it's, a big- it's very good, it's very stressful. The new one looks incredible as well. Like it looks even more like outlandish, but Yeah.
1: I think yeah. like not to I just feel like the most stuff that I was excited about came from the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. But I wanted I wanted to be more excited about everything else. Um I wasn't I don't think anything I and mean, there were so many games in the Xbox um yeah. thing, but nothing nothing grabbed me, I don't think.
0: Everything looked really looked shiny. Yeah. But like It's, like, stuff like Halo and Gears of War and... Oh, actually, okay. Forza looked kind of interesting. Because, like, um, that was, like, the racing game where it looks like it's, Uh, like, driving all over England. Which I'm kind of (laughs) like... I just like the idea of, like, driving around in a game like that that's in England. Because always, like, those games are normally set in America or somewhere else. So the idea of being able to just drive around the English countryside in a video game that calls out to me i would like to drive around in the, the uk in a video game
1: um my favorite part of that part of the section was seeing um everyone on Twitter in america uh reacting to the british countryside and being ah. like oh look out for those chickens <laughs> so like that. everywhere Ooh, so so countryside so british
0: oh okay i guess um, another thing to announce in like like kind of relate is the xbox thing in us is like we 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 kind of bought xboxes in the last Ugh. week <laughs> we kind of did, we thought after we spoke about state of decay 2 on the last podcast we ended up watching a bunch of videos about it and then we were like we could there's some deals on at the moment we could maybe we get an engagement gift for ourselves
1: <laughs> happy engagement it's an xbox yes yeah, so of Decay.
0: <laughs> we got we got xbox one s's and state of decay 2 which we've played like a whole bunch of um it's really good it's like almost exactly the same as the first one but with two you can like play on, on it you can play multiplayer, which is like what I really wanted from the first one.
1: Yeah, the game's really good. Like you basically have to set up I'm, you're better at explaining stuff. Explain state of decay. <laughs>
0: it's like it's like a zombie survival game. So you start off and you've got like a little crew of survivors and then you have to like find a kind of a base camp and then you have to start Kind of going out and getting all the resources you need. So you need to get like food, you need to get medicine, you need to get building materials because you want to build kind of like little things like an infirmary or storage on your little sort of site. And the more you kind of go along, the be- I want to say like the best stuff you get, you level up your characters a little bit more. You find additional survivors who you can kind of recruit to your cause and stuff like that. But then the more survivors you need to get, the more chance there is for people to get injured. The more food the camp needs, so you need to go out and find more food. And um, yeah, it's been really good. We've no, we were we were speaking just before we started the podcast. We've not like lost anyone yet. We've yeah. all of our survivors have been kept alive. Um,
1: well, I mean, the thing is, if you if you die in the game, you lose that character. And you
0: die in real life. You die
1: in real life. <laughs> um, and it's like, so you can, you raise up all these characters and stuff. So if you spend a really long time with one person and they die, then you're just you're left with all your bad boys. So yeah. you've got to raise everyone equally. But um, yeah, we we haven't we have lost someone actually oh
0: we lost we lost that we
1: technically didn't lose it uh they lost
0: themselves yeah
1: you can you go on these missions and stuff and you can enlist one of the players you're not playing as so you can be like follow me and the computer controls that character and um i was like we have too many people at the base i'm not really sure how to make to to
0: lose people at the base so
1: I was like let's bring this boy along that I don't really want anymore. Was it the guy
0: who was snoring?
1: (laughs) He was snoring and I wasn't sure how to fix that because you can lower morale as well in your base and the problem, a morale problem we were having was this dude snores and I was like let's just bring Snore Dude with us and and if we lose him it's no big deal. The games too need to
0: find out what, how to fix snoring as well because I tried having a look on the internet about it and there's no (laughs) guides about how to fix snoring yet so I guess we found a way to fix it
1: But um, yeah, so we took him, we we all went on the mission and he died. I I was like, oh no, (laughs) ha ha (laughs) ha. I
0: think he died in the bit where it wasn't even, like, we had to clear a bunch of zombies away from a house. Yeah. And it was when we went inside the house after we thought we cleared away all the zombies, that I think he went into, like, a tiny little room and there was a zombie there and it killed him. And I don't even think we found him before it happened because I yeah. think we, we killed him as a zombie before yeah. we realised he'd even died. <laughs> and then it was like, wait, where's, where's... I can't remember what the guy's name was. Uh... Where's Charlie? Okay, Where's Charlie? Charlie? Gone?
1: Where's Charlie? But the problem was, I was like, great, now I don't have to worry about the low morale because of snoring. But it turns out you get even lower morale if someone dies. So
0: everyone was mourning him. Yeah. It was really sad. So
1: the morale went real bad for a bit.
0: I mean, then on the character selection screen, you had just like a, a tombstone instead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely, and it's on the map as well. And I definitely feel kind of bad about it.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, it wasn't, we didn't. Sorry, Charlie. It wasn't on purpose, but it was. I,
1: It was an accident that we didn't
0: feel amazingly sad
1: about.
0: Which is is really mean to say, that poor video game person.
1: Yeah, sorry, rest in peace,
0: Charlie. We're going to go straight to video video game hell.
1: But, I mean, we haven't lost any characters that we were controlling.
0: I mean, um, nah, I I don't think you get to say that. Because we we asked him to come to that mission and we didn't protect him, it's on us.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, though, um, the game is a little bit glitchy.
0: There was a really hairy moment where I was in a van driving away from stuff and then you were in the van as well but then the game uh, internet connection went a bit haywire and so I thought I was still in a van driving away but on your screen the van was like stuck against a fence or something and you had to get out because you were getting murdered.
1: So I nearly died from that and I think that happened again and you nearly died so we haven't like nearly died ourselves but the game's trying to kill us
0: yeah the game is trying to kill us i was
1: like my favorite boy no. <laughs> 10 out
0: of 10 the game's trying to kill and, us
1: <laughs> the game's really good um i been thinking about it a lot because we haven't been able to play it because we got deadlines but oh gosh after the podcast when we fire it up i want to i want to kill some more zombies
0: it's a really good game it's like i feel like it's my favorite zombie game experience i feel like we've played so many different zombie games and they're all they're all good in their own different ways but this one feels like I don't know, it just feels good. Like, um, we played a bunch of Dying Light last year, Mm, and I feel like that's alright in places. Like, the parkour-y kind of bit of it and how you can kind of, like, run up and jump across buildings and stuff is kind of cool. Mm. But the storyline in that game, I just was not interested in it whatsoever. And it was kind of, the storyline kind of got in the way of it being a fun zombie game.
1: It just didn't appeal to me. Like, I love zombies, but it's like, um... I don't even know what the story was. It was like army boys doing army
0: stuff. And I was like... Army boys.
1: Army boys. No, thank you.
0: They announced a sequel to that, but that looks like super more like post-apocalyptic army boys. Yeah. And camps and stuff. That's one thing I would say about E3 this year. A lot of games are very post-apocalyptic. This is what happens after the world's ended kind of deal, which is kind of... Is that like everyone preparing for the worst in the world or something? Yeah. It was a bit... A I bit don't... dark and gritty. There was a lot of dark and grit.
1: A lot, of, But I mean, what was not dark and grit on the Xbox uh, presentation has... was uh, Tunic.
0: Yeah, Tunic, which is a really cute looking kind of like a 3D isometric zelda kind of game where you're like a little fox with a sword and yeah. a little tunic. Um, I was r- <laughs> really happy to see that. That looked really nice. That was a nice change of pace from a presentation that was mainly like, like war and destruction and post-apocalypse. And then it was like cute little fox game cute so little
1: fox game yeah
0: i mean I'm, I'm here for the cute little fox game um they also announced some cuphead dlc which looks super cool but mm. then also reminded us that we never finished cuphead because we're not very good at video games
1: um i played a lot of cuphead actually while you were sleeping once so oh, did you, you
0: finish the game right
1: you weren't asleep weren't that weren't long <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: we should get back into that though like we were playing it on my laptop before whereas now we could get it for the xbox
1: yes I which think we should.
0: Kind of cool because, like, I've been ignoring everything Xbox-related for, like, for like the last couple of years because we didn't have one, so <laughs> I would just tried to ignore everything existed, which includes uh, Ublis, which is connected <gasps> of Xbox. Yes. Like, Apparently this year, so hopefully that's still happening, but I don't think there's a release date for it yet, so maybe that's gonna be more of a twenty nineteen thing. But that's really cute looking.
1: That wasn't in the presentation, but there was a new trailer and like yeah. shown during year three for that. But yeah, it looks it looks really good. Um I think they're describing it as like Harvest Moon and Pokemon together. Yeah,
0: which is cool. Yeah, of those I
1: want I would I want to go to that.
0: Yeah, it looks really cute and it's got like a really nice vibe to it. I mean, I don't know, it's especially because like like, Nintendo didn't really announce the new Animal Crossing game, so I think everyone who's <laughs> looking for, like, that kind of cute fix, like, Ooblets looks really good. And yeah, that's PC got as you.
1: Well. got you back.
0: Yeah, it looks really um, good and cute.
1: Yeah, the st- they like, the style of the game is just, like, very visually appealing as well.
0: Yeah, I hope it's, I hope it's good.
1: I hope I'm so, too. To <laughs>
0: okay, so, that was Xbox. <laughs> that was Xbox. <laughs> um, Sony, Sony's one was, like, more, like, just games they'd already really announced, but it was, like, showing them in a little bit more in-depth.
1: Ooh, yeah. So, like,
0: I mean, okay, so, um, The Last of Us 2, they showed, like, a whole bunch of, mm. and the gr- one of the coolest things and the worst things about that trailer was they showed, like, a whole bunch of gameplay stuff, mm. but it's ruined, um, it's ruined the Tomb Raider games for me now. Oh! Because the gameplay in those games isn't as fluid and cool looking as the gameplay was in that trailer for The Last of Us.
1: Yeah, um, you... I didn't stay up for the Sony um, presentation because I think it happened like 2am in the UK time. I'm sleepy. I'm a sleepy baby. And I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you showed me uh, that trailer in the morning and I was kind of like, is this actually gameplay? Because it is so good. Like it flowed so well. It looked amazing. I think it was like maybe hands down the best thing that I'd seen during... It was my favourite thing from E3. Yeah. But... I think I'd be too stressed out to play it.
0: I'd watch you play it. The first one was super stressful.
1: Yeah. I, I don't want to play it, but I think it was the best thing at E3. <laughs> yeah. It,
0: lo- it looks incredible. And it's like, they showed a bunch of the new Tomb Raider game, I think, either earlier in the day or something. But it's like, the, the type of gameplay in those games is like, very, very similar. Yeah. But the Tomb Raider stuff just didn't look anywhere near as fluid or interesting. It was very I- sort of... It just looked kind of -of run-of-the-mill now.
1: I think there was a lot of, like, gameplay showing... Showing? Samples? Uh, Yeah. um, And, yeah, The Last of Us 2 just, I think, blew them all away. Yeah. It's not a competition, but, you know. It's that (laughs) kind of...
0: um, I think it was very seamless, because I think some of that stuff in... Some of the stuff they were showing in the gameplay, I think, is totally maybe like little set piece parts like yeah. the bit when um when ellie gets thrown over the counter and it smashes the glass yes like it's possible that that little exchange there is something that's more of like a scripted mm. bit but the fact that it's so seamless and it's like it doesn't sort of change the perspective at all it's all like one yeah. sort of shot that's continuous and like the amount of places that, that bit of gameplay goes because it starts in like one place and then you go through like a little underground car park and then end up somewhere else and there's yeah. just a lot of good stuff there which is like yeah, I'm really excited for that. Like, I've always I've always really enjoyed, like, the games that Naughty Dog have put out. Like, um, the Uncharted games are really, really good. Yeah. And Last of Us was amazing. Like, Last of Us was amazing, but it was just so difficult in places. Like, I got through the whole game on, like, regular difficulty, and then I just could not do the very last bit in the hospital on that. So I had to change back to, like, easy difficulty. So I kind of, like, breezed through it in the end. Yeah. But it was, like, such a good game, and the story was just, like, absolutely amazing. So I'm really excited for that sequel. Yes. And also, like, um, Queer Representation. Yeah, on like a mainstream video game conference for like, yeah, yeah, like a really like a really good thing that was like literally opening the ceremony as well. So that was kind of really
1: hell yeah. Nice to see. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, there was also Spider Man was shown off a bunch more. Like, I think I just want that to be really good because I've avoided all Spider Man games since the PlayStation 2 because they always get reviewed to be. Kind of boring and awful.
1: Oh and no I read those
0: reviews and I'm like, well I don't wanna I don't wanna play a boring, awful Spider Man oh, game. No. But Spider Man 2 on the PlayStation 2 was like so good. Like I didn't think I played it when it first came out because I didn't get a PlayStation 2 till like about like a good chunk of the way into when there was Playstation 3 on mm-hmm. the on the scene. But I remember getting like a really cheap copy of Spider Man 2 and it just felt like such a good game to play. Like the, the web the web swinging stuff felt really good. So, like, oh. Some like very good undactions oh, yeah. to signify how oh, good the web control. swinging is.
1: You're missing out on these these hands
0: I, I just remember having like a really good time with that game, and then times when I've revisited it, like since I've I've still had a really good time with a game that's like so old now. So I've got yeah, like a how lot of hope.
1: Oh, we're talking here. PlayStation Two was a very long time ago. Even um, if you were a chunk into
0: Spider-Man Two, was originally released. Oh oh, ooh, wait ooh. for it.
1: Drum roll. Da, 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 that sound of a drum da, 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 da. Um, it came out
0: in like uh, like around 2004
1: Damn.
0: I think yeah.
1: I like, so
0: that's like like over um, 10 years ago but like every Spider-Man man game that seems to have been released since always has these horrible like, like not even fair to middling, like fair to bad reviews and I just want a good Spider-Man game I and feel, the new one looks really good so far I feel so. bad
1: though, I'm the, the person who made all those Spider-Mans all them Spider-Mans is listening to this now and they're like,
0: "Wow!" I'm, well, they, you know, that's okay.
1: It's better Everyone, than any... it's,
0: it's better. It's better to have loved than to have never played Spider Man at all.
1: Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm very excited for the new one because it, it looks great from first impressions, and I don't know. I just really. I have a lot of hope for it. It looks okay. really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: I think they're put, they're, they put that they they not be putting so much into marketing it if it wasn't something a lot of people felt confident about. If it comes out and it's awful now, I'm going to be, I'll never trust anyone ever you again. have to eat your hat. I'll don't have to eat my hat. You don't
1: even have a hat. You have to go out and buy one Talking of, of weird
0: stuff like eating a hat, um, <laughs> there's like another new trailer for Death Stranding.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: that's just like weird looking. Like I'm excited to find out what that game is all about, but like I'm really loving it at the moment that it's just a bunch of weird stuff that seems to make like no sense whatsoever. Oh, like,
1: I know. I know what it's about. Do you want me to explain Are Death Stranded? Y- 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 Are you just going to say
0: Norman Reedus and the Funky Peters? <laughs> no. Because that's all I ever see on the internet and that phrase sticks in my head so easily. Nor-
1: Norman Reedus and his lips. And <laughs> his- oh, they're out so much in the trailer. <laughs> no, he's a delivery man. And he's, he's a delivery gonna- man. He
0: delivers really big boxes. And
1: he scuttles about. Every all so of often the he pops a little baby
0: out from somewhere and he's- the baby. Sometimes the baby sticks its thumb up in the start of the trailer. Oh,
1: did you see. Have you guys seen the trailer? Because do you see the baby's bum? That's, that's true that's you do see a
0: baby's bum <laughs> much so like weird. much like eternal classics like um that, that taking back sunday album with the baby baby's butt on it. what yeah the, the second one
1: what Wait,
0: let me find a picture of this. yeah this is good <laughs> do you not remember the taking back sunday album with the baby's butt on it no oh, this podcast has taken a turn i'm
1: oh, sorry i'm oh, sorry it's just very important that you see this bum right now apparently
0: I mean, it's not really important. It's so just more the, of a thing that exists. Basically,
1: okay, so Norman no readers, he's a delivery boy, and he's going all over the place. But then there's
0: also, like, weird time travel. Like, not time travel. It's, like, there seems to be some kind of thing where the rain is affecting the time or something. And then there's all the weird, like, shadowy things, the umbilical cords going up to the sky. And, like, they have to, like, keep covering their mouths and not breathing. And then the weird handprint things appear in the the mud. And, oh, it just... It looks incredible.
1: You know it. You love it. It's... The game. That's the, the,
0: the album where you want to be.
1: Oh, that's that's the bum. It's just I the, remember just now, the
0: baby's bum on an album it's, cover. It's, it's, that's right. weird.
1: Yep, thank you for. Sh-
0: You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that was Sony. Like, I'm I'm definitely intrigued by Death Stranding, but at the moment it just seems like I don't know. I think that Sony had just given Hideo, Hideo Kojima like all of the money in the world, and I think Ooh, he's just going to make. I, I think all of the money in the world. Ooh. I think they've got like they've got like a. Every time someone buys a new PlayStation, like a hundred pounds of that just goes straight to, you know, Kojima and it gets a bit weirder.
1: Oh, OK. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I'm
0: still interested to see what it ends up being. It looks creepy and weird, though, so I don't know how well I'm going to be able to cope with that.
1: I was going to say, do you want to buy it? But actually, no, we're just going to be buying Super Mario Party.
0: Super Mario Party. <laughs> so OK, yeah. So back on Nintendo, we didn't talk about Smash Brothers. Are we oh. going to get Smash Brothers? Have we ever played Smash Brothers? I think I played it at a friend's house. Yeah, I think that's where it lies for me in video game history. I've just never really spent much time with it. I played the Nintendo 64 one, like, years and years and years and years ago. But even when we've had, like, Nintendo consoles in recent years, like, it's just never... I've never been tempted. Who's
1: the boy at the end? Who was the big reveal? Ridley? No. Yeah,
0: like, um, I kind of, like, enjoy looking into that. I think Ridley is, like, a big um, villain from Super Metroid. Yeah. So... Apparently it was like a big in-joke in the community that they would never put Ridley into the game because Ridley's just too big and now they've brought him into the game. (laughs) But like, having never really played the Super Metroid games and having having never really played the Smash games, that was like a super weird bit of the press conference because I was like, who's this dragon boy who's just (laughs) killed Mario? (laughs) Literally just like stabbed Mario and then stole his hat. It was a very strange thing, but looking into it a bit afterwards, I was like, I can appreciate having that kind of weird community in-joke-esque thing happening.
1: Yeah, I think that's quite sweet. Um, I actually do have Smash Bros feelings because of uh, Splatoon. Like, oh, yeah. um, with the Squid Sisters pop-up for some reason. I don't know. It
0: looks really good. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like some kind of assist power-up where the, the camera just zooms in on them performing so you can't really see what's happening yeah. on the main stage or something. It, it looks very funny. It's good. A lot of, I did enjoy watching a lot of weird stuff about Smash Bros. I feel like that's like the most the most kind of the most I've ever known about Smash Brothers in a video. Yeah,
1: a lot. I mean, um, for me, I, I'm not like a big fan of fighting games because they do feel very But and bashy, bashy. Well, that's how I play them.
0: But what um, if you were Kirby and you could just like swallow ev- any single other character and absorb their powers?
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like this one lets me eat people and poop <laughs> them out. Uh, wait no actually Yoshi I don't know look it looks oh,
0: yeah, no, flashy y- y- <laughs> Yoshi eats people and poops them out Kirby eats people and just steals their powers oh and gross and gets, gets to wear like their hat as his Kirby?
1: hat that's messed up
0: I just uh, it looks uh, <clears throat> I, I, I like the fact that they've got like so many different characters in it yeah. I'm intrigued I'm intrigued by and it
1: it looks very flashy and colourful and it has all of the children of Nintendo and more um, so it's like if I was going to play a fighting
0: all of the children of Nintendo and more like I mean, it's got Sonic. Sonic turns into Super Sonic as a <laughs> special move. That was pretty cool. Ooh. Pac-Man's there. He's just he's just eating people as well. That's his shtick. A lot of video game characters have just eat people apparently. Um, I think Bomberman shows up. Maybe just to make things explode and then disappear. I'm not sure if he's a playable character or if he's just a trophy as well.
1: Waluigi's kind of in it, but...
0: I don't think people are happy about it. He's not in it enough. There's an article on the in the Washington Post <laughs> about Waluigi being um, <laughs> like betrayed and treated like <laughs> like treated like rubbish on, during E3. I just got that picture. You know that picture you showed me the other day of like the Waluigi just lying in the dirt. Yeah, it was like that was like the main header image of the article, and it's an article that's literally just like delving into Waluigi's never gotten a game. People seem to really like him. Give much him other.
1: a game, you cowards! But then
0: a, a lot of it is like there's no real backstory to Waluigi other than he's just like the anti Luigi.
1: Oh, alright. Yeah. So people have kind me... of given him
0: this kind of like. I think pe- you know how um, people say the Twilight books are so successful because the, the main character is not really <laughs> described that well so people can put themselves in as the protagonist. And you're saying, that w- Waluigi has <laughs> kind of got no real backstory, so maybe we all see ourselves in Waluigi a little bit. <laughs> maybe that's how that works. We're all a little bit Waluigi. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that was E3. I did not think I've got anything else written down from that. Um, in non E three news, we both read a book this week, so I guess this kind of counts as our comic book. Oh yeah, we're gonna do club thing.
1: Welcome to book club, and we're gonna play some music. That's a book club music. Now you know we're in a new segment.
0: But I hate that. <laughs> so um, we both got. Well, I say we both got. We we bought um we bought short box um for the first time this last week, which is um, it's like a comic subscription box kind of thing that's put together in the UK. Yeah,
1: but you don't. I think it's a thing that you just, you buy it each month. Like, you see what there is and you can... Yeah, "Yeah." it's
0: like a subscription... Box, but without the subscription. It's, like, bit. not
1: ongoing. Like, it's a, it's optional. Like, you yeah. don't have to make that commitment.
0: But it's, like, a really good collection of, like, sort of small, like, exclusive to the short box kind of titles and stuff. Yeah. And it's a really nice little collection of stuff that kind of just appeared for our letterbox the one day and a nice little cardboard box.
1: It was really nice. And you get sweets with it.
0: And a few sweets with <laughs> it. And um, then one of the books in it was, um, it's called Homunculus by Joe Sparrow. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think as soon as this was announced to be coming out with short box, like... Me and Sarah were both, like, we're into that. Like, yeah. Joe does really good work. He does... Wait, oh, it's
1: by Joe Sparrow?
0: I already said that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, I'm
1: seeing it again for everyone. Don't forget. Yeah,
0: Joe, Joe Sparrow. He did a comic a couple of years ago called The Hunter through No Brow, which was really good, and he also did, like, a kind of an animated version of it online, which is worth checking out. I think that's mm-hmm. on his website. And he's currently working as a character designer on Disney's Amphibia, which is super cool and totally understandable because his like his character stuff is really his stuff is very pleasing to look at.
1: Yeah, um, I think Joe posts like a lot of animations and he does uh, tarot card drawings and stuff on his Twitter, which is um, at Torpedo Dust. So I'd recommend checking that out
0: at Torpor Dust.
1: Oh, what? <laughs> it's not Torpedo
0: Dust, <laughs> is it not? No, it's Torpor Dust. <laughs> Um, oh, but yeah, um, Homunculus, is, Homunculus is about a, a female engineer called Veronica who is kind of training an AI and sort of like teaching it different things. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like a really, oh, it's just like a really interesting story. It's kind of everything's told through like the same panel size, which is kind of cool because it's all been seen from the AI's point of view.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's kind of like, I don't know, it's a really cool, it's a really good book to look at. And yes. From about the halfway point stuff starts happening which gets really kind of intense and the book kind of really doesn't let you go until it ends and it's really it was super interesting and i kind of don't want to say anything else yeah like because i I don't want to spoil it (laughs) because um it was just really interesting and It played into a lot of, like, stuff and feelings I have about the world and stuff at the moment. I
1: totally want to talk
0: about it all, but I do not want to spoil it. But um, I think it was part of that short box
1: subscription, but I think it's going to go online, just so you can buy it Yeah, I think they're
0: going to give it a a bigger release, which is totally deserving of, because... It was, like, one of those... Like, is I like having a comic book experience where what I'm reading makes me feel things.
1: Yeah, so, like, if you miss that box, you could probably... You should be able to get it. But also, yeah. like, Shortbox is really good, so you should te- check that out. Yeah, that you, I'm it. sure
0: if you, like, if you find Shortbox on Twitter and tell them, hey... Heard that Joe Sparrow's book's pretty good. Please let me buy it. I'm sure they'll make it happen.
1: Yeah, just start chatting. Joe Sparrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, really a it's a really um, good
0: book. <laughs> check Joe's stuff out online. If you search Joe Sparrow into Google, you'll find all of his bits and pieces, and his stuff is really great. Yes. And we, we used to play Splatoon with him. He was on our Splatoon team, the first split tournament we ever played in. Yeah. And it was really cool.
1: We still play Splatoon with Joe every now and again.
0: Yeah. I think we play against him more than with him now, but
1: yeah. it's still okay. <laughs> Talking about Splatoon. No grudges. Talking about Splatoon, the Octo expansion's Oh yeah,
0: tomorrow. that was like the last bit of E3 news I had written down. Um, yeah, the Octo expansion for Splatoon 2 comes out like tomorrow in the UK, but today in America, which is exciting because it's single player Splatoon and um, the eShop description describes it as being a hefty expansion.
1: I'm sure we'll report. I on
0: love this. the word hefty because if 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 I'm buying like some DLC for a game, mm-hmm. if it's being described as hefty, I'm like, I know am I'm I'm being told that my money would be well spent because it's a hefty expansion. Mm. If it's like if it's been described as hefty and then we finish it in like half an hour, I'll be like Nintendo, why? You've lied to me with this hefty word. But I feel like they're honest. I feel like <laughs> I don't think they'd use the word hefty unless it was hefty. So
1: when I think of Nintendo, I think mm, honest. <laughs>
0: do you wait think? what do you, is that like sarcasm do you not do you think nintendo Hmm liars
1: no no, i trust nintendo
0: well if you trusted nintendo why are they not going to talk about animal crossing <gasps> and four people like come and send us replies i know they said that the e3 presentation was just going to be about titles that were coming out this year but even so, it wouldn't have hurt to maybe just show, like, a little <laughs> Animal Crossing. Like, just, a, just Tom Nook walks on stage and goes, hey, if you give me a million bells, I'll tell you when the next Animal Crossing game's coming out. And then he goes, well, I'll tell you anyway. It's coming out in 20-whatever. And then he just says, you can pay me back the bells. But if, until you pay me back the million bells, Animal Crossing for the Switch will never come out. I think that's how it would work. Dang. What if Reggie walked onto like walked into like the kind of the nintendo direct stage slash yes. his house yes whatever he a
1: and then he house.
0: pulls up his face oh. and reveals that he was tom nook no, no he wasn't even tom nook he was the two nook children all along standing on the, each I, other's shoulders i
1: don't like this
0: i'm into it I'm reggie not. doesn't even exist reggie doesn't exist has anyone ever seen reggie's birth certificate no it's the nook children's disguise i hate it <laughs> Welcome to my new sub podcast called Nintendo Conspiracies.
1: Wait, how we we were on Book Club? How We've m- done
0: Book Club, now we're on Nintendo Conspiracies. Okay, we
1: need a new um, jingle.
0: Reggie hates Waluigi.
1: What that's not a jingle.
0: That's no, that's the jingle for this section. I
1: hate it, no. For
0: Nintendo for Nintendo Conspiracy Theories. The jingle is just Reggie hates Waluigi.
1: No. Okay, new segment. Um, here's the segment jingle. Okay, what's the n- segment? What's I'm the literally,
0: next I'm going to cut out anything you do like that. <laughs> doop, doop, doop. Um, Here's the new segment jingle for the new segment, which you haven't even announced what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie hates Waluigi. No! <laughs> Reggie, prove me wrong. Um, Yeah, so, okay. The main segment of what we're talking about today, uh, after all this E3 and Waluigi chatter, <clears> um. <throat> We're going to be talking about comic books and how you make them because that's what you do. That's your 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 big thing.
1: It's me time. It's, talk it's about me. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, we're going to talk mainly about that. Then maybe like we'll we'll have a little brief delve into me doing flat colors and lettering. Yeah, you the a comic. real interesting things about you do making comic. comics.
1: I do comic. We all do comic together.
0: I think you do more comic than me, I but do I, I help out pretty good. So um, yeah, uh, how did you start with? Comics, like, what was your process like when you first started making them?
1: Wait, should I talk about my comic credentials before we really get into this? Or should we? Will we um, learn about them I think, through these questions?
0: I think you'll hit them as you're talking about it. Okay. So, how did you you start with comics with like the rc Prevention Collections and Pizza Witch and Rank Quest and stuff <laughs> like that?
1: Are you answering
0: the question <laughs> for? Me? No, that's what I'm saying with those comics, I'm like, what was your process like? What was the question? What was your process like when you first started out making comics?
1: Oh, gosh. What was my process like? I guess...
0: It was... Yes, please repeat the whole question so I can understand <laughs> that you've I heard it. When started
1: versus now
0: yeah okay. what was your process what your process used to be like because you do okay. comics completely different now so what what do you used to do
1: yeah i'm I, nowadays i have a big fancy cintiq which means i can just draw straight on the screen like got photoshop and stuff but back in the day i had not these things so i had like a biro and like i used to just draw stuff straight into my sketchbook with a pencil and be like mm, love that rough line and i had a scanner and i would scan it into a program that i can't remember the name of but it was awful
0: oh you used to use like serif pro or something
1: yeah i do not recommend that like i do not recommend that like what seven years ago i do not recommend it now maybe there's new serif pirate but
0: oh no sorry serif photo plus
1: that's what I was using. So I just, I did everything by hand. I would draw it all up and then try and tidy it up on that program. And um, yeah, I say, I don't know why it took me so long to switch to Photoshop. I'm stubborn. I like, I, like I do I, know.
0: I feel like I had to be like, hey, Sarah, there's this other program out there, which like pretty much everyone else is using. <laughs> this, this Sarah Photo Plus program does not make much sense. Oh, I think I crashed a bunch as well. It was a weird program. I don't remember much about it, but I remember just not having fun with it.
1: Yeah, I was just using what I had, and what I had wasn't very good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I I just did everything by hand. I just scanned it in, and then I moved on to Photoshop, which was much better. I had a, um, a, t- a Wacom tablet, I can't remember bamboo. Yeah, it's yeah. a bamboo tablet. So it's like when it's not it's like you plug it into your computer and you draw it onto your tablet but you're looking at your screen, so there's a bit of a disconnect there. So I wouldn't draw with it, but I would colour with it. So I do all my line work by hand with like Biro and stuff. I'd scan it in, kinda of tidy it up a little bit and then colour it. But it was like my process was just really bad because I didn't really know what I was doing. But it was I figured, I figured it out as I went along. I've been making comics for a long time, so my process has changed a lot. And I, yeah, I don't want to get too in depth on how I'm used to make comics because like I used to make comics bad.
0: <laughs> I do remember like, um, when you were doing that, that summer when you were getting the first big RC Adventure book finished, mm-hmm. cause that was like the first RC Adventure book that was like going to be fully colored and everything. Yeah. I remember when I was like helping you out by doing like tidy, like tidying up the kind of scanned images and doing like flat colors. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was so much more work doing that cleanup stuff. Than, yeah, than what you, kind of like what you do now with it being all digital. So I remember like those comics used to take so long to like I don't I can't, I can't remember how many I could get kind of like flattered and cleaned up in a day, but I feel like it was so much more slower going than it is now.
1: The thing is as well, it's because like my lines were really scrappy and like bio-y and stuff. Um, I wouldn't be able to use the fill bucket on Photoshop. I'd oh my gosh, yeah, manually no. like you know how you color something in real life with your pen. <laughs> like, that's how I was doing it. It was really silly um but yeah i mean like i've learned i've learned how to do stuff a lot quicker as i've gone along so yeah i think it
0: was thank gosh it felt kind of like a necessity thing as well because i think at the speed you were working back then i don't think we would have been able to get half the stuff done Mm. for like projects you've been working on in the last couple of years
1: yeah like i've definitely had to like learn how to work faster just so i can do everything that i want to do so yeah, there's like no way I would have been able to do all these books we've been in at the moment if we were doing stuff like how we used to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, so what what's kind of like your process like now? Because you were saying you you work on a you work on a Wacom Cintiq now.
1: Mm-hmm. I've got um the big the big Cintiq, <laughs> <laughs> the big one. What is it? It's a
0: it's like a Wacom QHD twenty seven or something.
1: Yes, and it takes up like most. I've got like a standing desk from IKEA. Um, and we've got five legs on it because the work on i've got is so heavy that it makes the table bend in the middle,
0: yeah, that was kind of scary that that because in in your studio in the old house mm. i don't think you could stand far enough away from the desk to see that it was buckling, yeah, <laughs> and then when we moved into like our house now we've you can actually take more than like a few steps back, and I think <clears throat> the day when we realized. It's kind of got a big dip going on, and it's like it's kind of weird because it's not. It doesn't feel fragile. It doesn't feel like it's ever gonna like it would have ever given way or anything. Mm. But that would definitely got a weird slight curve to it. So
1: it's still got a curve to it, but that leg makes me yeah. I feel like it
0: might have just warped slowly over time. But that the 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 fifth middle leg that we put on, I think definitely it's good for peace of mind that it's never yeah. going to just fall straight through or something.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. I'm just not feeling good about it. But I mean, yeah, I've got, got a big, big Cintiq and it's on a ergo stand thing, so my back doesn't die. <laughs> um, but it, by the way, I would just quickly like to say... Um, when I... I used to sit at a desk hunched over and then I got a standing desk with an ergo stand. So I... And my back is a lot better. I would really recommend getting a standing desk. Or just like a proper... Just get a proper yeah. setup if you're not used to it. I mean, right um,
0: the standing desk setup we got from Ikea, like, the tabletop I don't think cost more than, like, £10. I think the legs mm. were mainly the biggest expense. I think the legs were, like, £17 each or something. Yeah. But if you kind of add that all together, that's, like you know it's like not just shy of 100 pounds for like a work a, a decent sized workstation so i think I, the standing thing is definitely that's definitely a good thing nowadays
1: i used to like i throw up my back like once or twice before we switched to standing desk as well they like, remember we were gonna play like a gig and like i had messed up my back yeah. the day before It's a weird thing to do when you're like in your early 20s yeah you were like, like not right you were,
0: very, you were like yeah you weren't you like what? Twenty two, twenty three?
1: Yeah, like I really messed up my backs, but my back's been fine since the starting.
0: Old oh, lady, Sarah, great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So yeah, please get a stand. <laughs> please get like a proper setup if you don't have one already.
0: Yeah, if you can, like yeah. obviously, like these yes. things still cost money.
1: I mean, I think you can get like a, um, a drawing board and just prop everything on that. I don't. know.
0: Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember when I bought you that drawing board that you've used? How many? How many times? How
1: many? None. Man, man. <laughs> how many times none times, none times. None times. thank yeah. you that was very thoughtful it's oh fun. i have this now so yeah, That's true yeah. my what was the what was the question my oh, question was like process. what's your process
0: like now so like say so, like okay. what, what's like go from kind of like start to finish on you doing a typical comic page
1: okay so i know i fully work digitally um should i talk about doing an rc prevention page or like a comic page for like kim reaper or something else
0: uh, I do believe your process is basically the same for both. So do ask <laughs> me adventure because you can talk freely about that.
1: Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll like, I'll open up stuff. I have a template. Um, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got a template, everyone. I have a template. a template. Oh, my I gosh.
1: I didn't used to have
0: a template. It's like you thought that we were going to get some angry letters, though, saying, I like, to, have you got a template?
1: I used to measure stuff out every time, which is silly. What? I, I know. It was messed up. Oh, my gosh. I was gosh. figuring it out as I was going along. Um... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to work on a comic page and stuff, you should have size dimensions and stuff. or So you should have a preset guide. Um, but yeah, I have a template, so I have all my squares like drawn up already and stuff. So I open up my preset and it's got, like, on the lowest la- layer there's like a brown or something so I'm not just looking straight onto a bright white screen. So that helps my eyes a little bit as well. Because if you're going to be staring at screens all day, just you gotta you got to take care of your eyes. Take care of your body. I mean, take care I'd, of your eyes. I'd
0: say a better way of doing that is just getting something like Efflux or Twilight or using built-in like blue light filters. But yes. I think you use the brown ones just because you still like having the white mm-hmm. borders yes. for your comic. And for um, colouring as well.
1: But yeah, so first like, I'll block out my pencils, I guess. I I will have, like, um I take notes of when stuff happens. So I do it on scrap pieces of paper, which is dumb. You should do it, like, in a book, so then you can turn to your book and look for it for your hey, ideas. Hey,
0: you, you at least take pictures of your scraps of paper now, so that's something.
1: Yeah. So I, I look at m- my picture of a scrap piece of paper, and I'm like, I want to do this comic, so... Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait.
1: What? Well, I'm talking about my process.
0: You didn't really say what you do on the scrap paper.
1: I'll draw, like, stick me and you. Assuming that we're both in it. (laughs) Um, I can usually tell... I don't differentiate the cats, but I can usually remember who's doing what, who's who. But yeah, like, I'll I'll draw stick me and you doing some just basic poses and stuff, and then I'll flesh them out in the pencils. So I'll draw them out and do my shapes and whatnot. You know how pencils work. You pencil it, and then... Wait, wait,
0: wait. I don't know how pencils work. Please explain what pencils are.
1: (laughs) They're, like, digital...
0: I mean, so, like, pencils is basically, it's you making the rough, sketchy version of what the final art's going to look like, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I keep in mind, as well, like, the space for uh, speech bubbles and lettering. Got to make sure you can... Don't... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm getting... I'm getting... That's the... interesting. The do you? The step letters, my comic So like, actually. I don't do that. I <laughs> but I keep... I... I... Think I know how much space the speech bubble was going to take up, and I try and accommodate that. Oh. And I don't always nail it.
0: But... <laughs> I like that you try. I or try that you, or that you claim that you try. I
1: try. Um, So, like, I'll pencil it up and stuff, and I'll be like, hmm, that's a comic. And then I'll save it, and then I transfer it over to my smaller Cintiq. Oh, I have two. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think the the good explanation for that is that we originally thought it'd be a good idea to get the smaller travel slows one for travelling.
1: It turns out it's a million times nicer to ink on a mobile studio pro for me than on my big Cintiq. Um, I don't know, I just, I don't think the pen pressure works very well on mine. I'm not sure if that's a universal thing, or if it's just on my model.
0: I think it's a new technology, they've improved the technology, so the pen pressure on the Mobile Studio Pro is, like, more sensitive than Mm. on the other one, so...
1: Yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't ever get it to work on the big one. So, um, but yeah, I really like the feel of inking on the Mobile Studio Pro, so I transfer over my pencils. I usually do them in a batch as well, just do a bunch of pencils at once send them all over to my mobile studio pro and then i'll just ink them all at once and i'll send them back because i like to have a big screen I like to see everything when i'm coloring so then you run it through well,
0: i was gonna say then you take over then i take over turn. like um we have kind of like a shared network drive at home so we can sort of save stuff to that without home teller. i think we we were originally just like transferring stuff over on like memory sticks or like on um, them old like um flash memory cards and stuff yeah and then we can kind of, well, right? If we get like a network, like a, like a network hard drive, then at least we can like share stuff a bit easier.
1: It's good also to back up your files to that.
0: It is good to back up. Always back up your data in like three different places. One yep. offsite, so cloud storage is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Loads of backups because you don't want to lose stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I run stuff through. I, I I do like what's called like the flatting part, which is basically just like filling the cut like the the comic with like flat simple colors mm-hmm. and so like i think this is like i wouldn't have really been able to do this before with the, the artwork because just of like kind of how artifacty it was i guess because it mm-hmm. was scanning it in yeah but um because of how it is now i can kind of just run i run like a program called um multifill on it it's like a, a photoshop plugin by someone called um like a company called palp and so Multifill will fill every single kind of section of the image with a random sort of color and each one being completely different. Mm-hmm. And then I have another thing which kind of stitches it all together and that's yeah. called Flatten Pro. That's made by the same company. So Multifill is actually like a free plugin. So that's really useful. But it's like, I think if you want that proper, if you want the proper finish and there to be no gaps in the color, like they, I think it's like about $35 for the 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 multi the, the one that stitches them all together. Yeah. But it's really worthwhile and it saves so much time. It's like when I was saying before about how long um, the flatting stuff took with our Super Adventure 1. Yeah. Like, it takes, like, literally next to no time. Especially if you kind of, like, put it all together into an action as well. Yeah. And then um, I'll just go through with, like, your colour templates and just put the right colours on characters and the cats. Or if it's, like, Kim Reaper, putting the right colours onto the characters and that. Stuff like that. And then uh, save it and then you can then access it for the next part.
1: so then I get it back and then I'll put like the shading on it and I'll do the colour effects the lighting and um, my colour blocks it's like colour blocks are basically just everything that's lineless so like sparkles and stuff like that and I'll mess around with, like, the opacity on it and the uh, layer mode and blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah. You do, like, loads of stuff with colour holds that I find fascinating because that was something I didn't know about.
1: Yeah, I only learned about colour holds, like, mm, a year ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jen Jen Bartel was tweeting about it. So thank you, Jen Bartel. because you <laughs> saved me so much time. I'm, I'm not sure how to explain colour holds, so.
0: It's kind of like having a section of the oh. image. Say if I had, like, if you had, like, a layer that just had clouds on it. Mm-hmm. it's like setting it so you can uh, what what you're doing on top of that layer is only affecting the things on that layer so it won't appear on the transparent space it yes. will just appear on say like in this example on the clouds.
1: So you have your own layer and then you lock it so and then yeah basically if I had a pen if I just get like the brush and I just scribble all over the page it's, own, it's the only layer that's going to be affected is the locked one. Yep. So that's really good for like say you want to put a fade on a character's hair like Becca and Reaper, she has like a blonde little fade going up, so I put like the brown of her hair on its own layer, and then I just lock it and I do um, a low opacity, low hard um, brush stroke on it.
0: Yeah, and it's takes really nice. So cause, much time. Yeah, like I think the the alternative to that would be like you'd be doing the same kind of thing, but then you'd have to manually go back and delete everything. You'd have to erase mm. everything that wasn't in the right outline. So it's just it's such a simple little thing to have. Yeah, and it's like when you don't know that you can do that. I think yeah. the f- I think finding out that that's a possibility just makes things so much easier.
1: I feel like I just um, I sort of just playing around with the layers and everything. I've learned a lot from just experimenting, but the, yeah, I didn't. I learn. I feel like I learn like new stuff all the time, and that's probably one of the most valuable <laughs> things I've learned about. But yeah, I mean, if you don't know what um, color locking is, I'm probably I'm sure if you Google it, there will be like a really nice tutorial for you <laughs>
0: to yeah. teach
1: you better than us.
0: I also find like I think. I don't know who exactly... I follow, like, a whole bunch of comic-y kind of art people on Twitter, and I feel like I see so many weird and wonderful little tutorial bits pop up on Twitter, but I can't really pinpoint exactly who it is I'm following that I'm getting that stuff because of. I think it's just that I follow so many people now who kind of tweet about that kind of stuff that I just see those kind of things and it's really interesting
1: yeah it's like um i really should set some time aside like every week just to go through tutorials because like every time i look a tutorial i'm like oh that's how you do a thing and then my work gets a lot better like or you just i feel like uh the last one i looked at was like how to draw feet properly yeah. it's, it's hard and i'm like i just had like a real quick glance at this sheet and i feel my feet have got a lot better Wow. yeah so nice. that's so exciting
0: so what happens after you finish coloring
1: Send it back to you, and you letter it.
0: Gasp, and yeah, I've been like lettering your stuff for like, I want to say like maybe two years now or something.
1: Yeah, you, um, I'm doing a, I, I'm doing, i am done, I guess, I've done a graphic novel for a Scholastic, but it's not out yet. <laughs> um, Steph lettered it all, so that's like 188 pages of lettering. Yeah,
0: and I feel like when I feel like it was like the. It was, it was really good, but also really bad at the same time, because by the time I got to the end of the book, I think I needed to go back and like re-letter a whole bunch of stuff from like the first, like, like the first 60 pages or something, because I kind of like, I think I refined <laughs> my process a little bit, and then I looked back at the earlier pages, and I was like, well, these don't look anywhere near as good as what I did near the end, so I went back, and then there was like, yeah, there's so much stuff that I've kind of like gone back to now, especially with like, um, with R Super Adventure, the, the R Super Adventure strips that I started doing lettering for, yeah. like... The first ones were horrible now, like, I've kind of, I've since kind of, like, gone back and, like, re-lettered them and stuff and made them, look a bit more uniform to the newer ones, Mm. because that's kind of, like, a a more consistent and more, like, pleasing style, but I guess it's, like, a learning curve. Like, I think I looked at a lot of tutorials, like, um, the website Blambot was really good, that's, like, a website where you can get, like, kind of some free fonts and some, like, professional, like, paid-for fonts for comic book stuff, and they've got, like, loads of tutorials on there, so i learned so much just through sort of, like having a look at tutorials and learning different bits and pieces and yeah I think like that that there's 188 pages for glitch (laughs) I think that was like a super like yeah I think I learned a lot through doing and it was all I think with any of this stuff it always just seems to be like this thing of like just refining and getting the process down and then seeing how long it takes because I think when I was first doing lettering stuff it took me so long just to like like draw the little tails and stuff going to people's mouths. Yeah. And then I kind of I think I know my way around the pen tool like so much better now after doing like about two hundred <laughs> pages of like that stuff. So yeah, it's good. It's 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 I think just like looking at other books as well as well and finding like what kind of what kind of lettering stuff and speech bubble stuff looks cool. Yeah.
1: And
0: figuring I'm, out what suits the style of the actual book as well.
1: I'm so happy you do my lettering.
0: I really like it. I think I used to do like so much design stuff in my in my school job and I think it's kind of like it's like a it's kind of an extension of that. Like I like laying out stuff and making it look nice. And I think yeah. the lettering part just ties into that for me. So
1: You're very good at it and I'm very I'm okay. Thoughtful. Like I'm not
0: <laughs> I'm not like I'm not like amazing at it, but I think I'm alright. I'm I getting there. I think you're
1: amazing.
0: Thank you. This is like, like... <laughs> this isn't the Gush Over Steph podcast. This is like <laughs> I'm like I think I'm doing like a decent enough job. I'm I'm getting better at it. The more that I, the more that I do.
1: I say, I mean, we just talked a lot about the process, though. But yeah, like, um, sorry, our cats
0: Wilson, licking please. plastic. Wilson, don't, don't
1: come on, man. Wilson, please, please. Um, yeah, like we like together, we've been working on so many. We've done like a lot of comic work lately, but um, I don't think we would have been able to do as much if you weren't. Like, the flatting is a lot of work, and it makes it speeds up like just doing the actual coloring part so much for me. So that's really that's really awesome, and also, yeah. gosh, how long does like I, I I'm really I can't even letter, uh, but when I try, <laughs> I it mean, takes so long. Do you feel like
0: your, your the lettering on your earlier stuff is still like super charming and nice. <laughs> like it's. I like, went
1: clean. I went good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of I I do like how much the flattening has helped with the speed at which you can color stuff because mm-hmm. I think when we were like when we were like getting um from I think it was like between December and March of like earlier this year we were like super trying to get like all of glitch finished to get it in on time and I think you thought the coloring was going to take you a lot longer, yeah. Just based on sort of previous stuff that you'd done, mm. but because everything was already kind of colored the way it needed to be colored in like terms of flat colors, that sort of streamlines the process so much. But
1: yeah, like I ended like this really bizarre frenzy where like i could I could color like ten pages a day,
0: <laughs> yeah. but
1: I think that, that by that point we already had like the color palette like so established, you'd already like flat it so well, like you've done like the bulk of the work. So I was just like hopping on and just
0: like doing the extra bit. I do feel like I mean I've got like so many memories of like when i when I was like still working my school job and then coming back and still doing like bits of like because I did some like bits of flatting for like the Last Kim Reaper stuff I think yeah and then sort of like doing lettering for our super adventure comics and stuff like that for them to go online and I was like how did how did I ever fit everything in because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was just, it was just so weird and busy but.
1: Yeah, for the podcast listener at home, we both, like, work uh, full-time freelance, just to clarify. (laughs)
0: Yeah, me since, like, about a year ago.
1: Yeah, you, um, we've been, you, like, we've been working together for, like, two or three years, I guess, since... Since the kick, you used to do all my mailing. You yeah, do all my mailing I, stuff. As I feel well. like
0: um, before the Kickstarter, you were doing mail answers and stuff while I was at work. Yeah. So if you had any sort of like shop orders, you would deal with them kind of in the daytime. Go down to the post office where we had a bit of a kind of a mean post lady. Yeah, she was. And then, um, and then I'm yeah, I think from the point of the because the Kickstarter was like the Kickstarter kind of ended just at the point where I had my summer holidays from mm-hmm. um my school job.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, I think I I started helping out with stuff like loads more after that, and then
1: it was like we we were working like really late nights, so then you were going to work like really early in the morning. So it was. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy that you work full time with me now because it's like I don't think we'd be able to like. You, I mean, you'd we, just be dust.
0: We wouldn't have been able to do the international shows in the last year, and those have been super amazing. Like, that, yes. those have been like kind of the kind of things that I never thought we'd be able to get the chance to do because of just how everything kind of worked out. Like, yeah. in terms of me not being able to get, that like, that time off and stuff like that. But they've been, like, such amazing experiences. And I think, I don't know, we're very, we're very <laughs> lucky and appreciative about it. Yeah. Like, um, it's been super cool. And I'm really excited for everything in the future yes. it's going to bring. But, yeah, it's, it's super, it's always very surreal. Comics is wild. <laughs> Comics is incredibly weird and surreal. And Thank in, you for in,
1: reading yeah.
0: <laughs> anyone, anyone out there listening who reads, like, Sarah's stuff, like, oh my gosh, like, thank you <laughs> like, yeah. it's so cool um okay I got one last question about your comic making process okay um, is there anything you'd like to experiment with in the future in terms of the ways and techniques you use for comics whether it's how you draw them or how you colour them
1: hmm. is there anything
0: any kind of styles you'd like to try that you've not tried so far
1: um I'd, I'd like to find an even faster
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. <laughs>
1: um i like maybe like a different lining style maybe like something i i like the idea of doing like something like rougher a little a little scrappier yeah but then i really like what i'm doing right now so i don't know but what i'm doing right now takes a really long time to do i don't know i mean i
0: could see your stuff looking cool in a scrappier way
1: yeah because it
0: started out scrappy and now, if yeah. anything, it's like a kind of a more smoother, refined version of Scrappy. So
1: it might be fun to do like a side Scrappy project, but <laughs> just to, just to experiment and stuff. But I like my refined. I've got I've refined my style, and I like it as is, which is awesome. Because also, like, it take took a long time to get to a point where I'm like, yeah, I like I, I like mean, what I'm making.
0: We did a really cool thing recently where where we were looking at. So um, with the the book you're doing for Scholastic, you originally put together a pitch for that, which yeah. like the pitch was like the first, what was it like, twelve pages of artwork or something? Mm-hmm. So we were doing a thing where we were looking at that original pitch compared to the final art that you made for that book. Yeah, and that the final art is so like amazing. Like the pitch was really good, but the final art you've done is like really like really slick and nice and i think it's gonna be a really good book when it comes out
1: my head's gonna pop yeah, okay let's like <laughs> stop let's,
0: uh, that, that was like our like mandated being really nice to each other part of the podcast <laughs> um so yeah i think that's all i've got for like that stuff but we've that's had like I a
1: comics.
0: that is how sarah makes comics with now a I tiny bit of help from stuff um so yeah we've had some questions from our wonderful wonderful uh pals and listeners um <laughs> sarah underscore zombie from twitter asks have you ever been in a not drawing mood and if so how do you fight it
1: yes (laughs) that's happened sometimes but like i feel the best way to fight that is go do something else like just step away from your drawing board or your computer like play video games or watch a movie or cartoons or just like anything that you draw inspiration from can just be really like revitalizing um, but yeah, it's like it's important to take breaks sometimes, and yeah, I feel like if I get into a not drawing um, mood, it's because I've probably been at like I've been at my desk too long. So yeah. I just yeah, it's important to take breaks and do other creative things that you would like.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that kind of advice be given quite a lot, where um, people sort of say like you can't really jump from like one big project to another big project without having kind of a bit of time to enjoy the things that you enjoy. Cause I think, yeah, if you're not kind of experiencing if you're not experiencing culture as well then chances are you're just gonna kind of burn out on your own and stuff. you're
1: just gonna get grumpy yeah
0: it's like um, <laughs> but then like on, on the other hand sometimes it's worth just sitting down and seeing what you can do to get through it like and even if it's just making like a bunch of like garbage stuff sometimes it's worth working through that garbage stuff like I've had that with music a bunch where sometimes it's like you have to get into the headspace to want to be able to sit down and make a bunch of garbage stuff but there's been times where I've just sat down and I've wanted to start making up some like music stuff and if I'm in a place where I'm not feeling especially kind of like inspired or I don't really know what I want to do I'll just like start making something and then if it's like if half an hour goes by and I'm like well I don't really like what I'm doing right now I'll then just scrap it and start something new and then keep working at it and from doing that before I've ended up with like I've ended up with this whole thing where I'll go back and listen to those, like, weird scraps the next day, and I'll be like, wait, like, the second one and the fifth one that I made were actually really interesting, and even though at the time my head was, like, still a bit, ugh, about everything, I've gone back and looked at that stuff and thought, wait, there's kind of some potential here and something I can flesh out and make better, so... Yeah. It's weird. Like, I think lack of motivation to do stuff is a really weird one to sort of figure out, but I think you just have to, like, surround yourself with something enjoyable. Yeah. Okay, um, at at Matt's underscore mouth on Twitter says, how did you set the style you used for drawing your comics? Did it evolve organically, or were you trying to nail a specific style?
1: Um, I think I looked at a bunch of stuff that I liked, like, um like comics and cartoons and stuff, and I looked at those styles, and I was like, I like this from that style, or I like this. And it kind of was just like a mishmash of everything I liked into one thing, and it was like, that's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it also, like, it organically um, changed over time as well. So I just, yeah, I I find out it's something I like. I might incorporate it in, or might experiment with it and play around with that. And sometimes stuff sticks, and sometimes it doesn't. But... Um, yeah, I guess I've been developing my style for, like, a really, really long time. So it's just kind of, it's that where it's at now. Um,
0: okay, I wanted to super contribute to that question by doing uh, a favourite uh, pastime of mine called Let's Look at the Very First Comic on Your Website. So on superadventure.com if you go and click on the first button, you get, like, this old one. <laughs> So it's like, it's like, no, it's not, it's not, it's not a fart sound. But it's like, it's, it's, I find it really weird, like, it's pretty fun looking at what your style used to be like compared to where it is now, because it just looks like it's kind of like, it definitely looks like the same style, but it looks like just smoother and
1: thicker.
0: It's digivolved. It has digivolved. <laughs> <laughs> it's digivolved. The last, like, six years of RC prevention Comics.
1: What's below Agumon?
0: Oh, the little, the little, like, round version. Yeah, that's the little round called.
1: version of Agumon. And then maybe I'm an Agumon no, I mean, now, that's like, that's the,
0: the that's the egg. That's the Digi-Egg.
1: Am I like, a Greymon? Will I get to metal Greymon? You
0: look at your stuff now and it's like, it's still like a similar style, but it's like... Praise same me. Same, but different. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> compliments. Oh my God, no. I'm that's never going to praise you this again. This feels
1: very self-indulgent. I you. don't think
0: you can deal with compliments. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yum, delicious. yum, yum. Um, okay. Um, at Submarine Coat or... Uh, Nikki Stu, as we know her.
1: Yay! Um,
0: she asks, how have you found the transition from using traditional mediums to now using your Cintiq? Uh, do you miss not using traditional mediums? And what do you find are the pros and the cons to using a Cintiq?
1: Um... I every now and again I go in my sketchbook and i will just use biro, good old sketchbook and biro, <laughs> and I'm like if it's been a really long time I'm like oh this feels different and fun I I like it a lot but I mean what is this
0: friction? Is this friction? What, is this, what is this force hmm. in acting on my pen?
1: Um, but I mean working digitally is like a lot faster and it's a lot cleaner like my and also you know um, I, I you know I've been cursed a bunch for various different reasons and one of the curses is that. Um, I, I always draw people's heads too big. But then, like, thank, thanks to digital media, I can just, like, literally lasso it all around it and just resize it. I would do a lot of resizing of heads when I'm working.
0: Oh, and it yeah. takes two seconds. I've, I've seen all those emails from your your various editors just no, 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 screaming
1: no, I... at you, saying, Sarah, your heads, they're too big! Okay, I notice before I send it... I'm a professional. I'm
0: just joking. I'm just joking. But
1: the thing is, like, if I draw it in a sketchbook and its head's too big, it's like, well, that's, that's that. Can't go back. There's no undo. Um, but yeah, it just... it's. Um, but it, it did take me a while to uh, get used to the swap. Because it is, yeah, it, it took me a very long time to get quicker inking as well. Yeah, like, that yeah. was a big problem for me. Um, I think also I did, like, the whole of Kim Reaper Grim Beginnings. And then it was not until i was doing the scholastic book i actually uh, learned how to ink faster cuz it's like yeah. i have to if i'm going to meet this deadline and it's like that's really good as well like um just like working on books and you have certain problems that you have to kind of adapt and learn to it's like yeah it just took me so long to ink i would i would be inking all day and i could only ink like three pages a day whereas now i if i get in a good groove and stuff i can do six or seven
0: it's the same way as, like, with, <laughs> with State of Decay 2, we've had to learn and adapt to surviving <laughs> in, a zombie, in a zombie wasteland. Through d- doing comic books, you've had to learn and adapt to ink a bit faster.
1: <laughs> yes. But yeah, it, it took me, like, a couple of years of the swap to just get used to certain bits of
0: yeah. the process.
1: But it's been really good. It's very yeah. rewarding.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, at Tori Tita on Twitter asks, have you got any tips for getting into comics, especially with publishers?
1: Um, I put your work online. I think that's like super important. Um, everyone, every publisher I'm currently working with is like a US-based one. Um, so everyone's yeah, everyone knows from me from the internet, and the internet's yeah. an amazing tool, <laughs> and you should use it. Um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd be working with publishers right now if I wasn't doing web comics.
0: Yeah, um, I think I'll, everything seems to come about. I mean, you were doing R.C. super adventure for like two or three years. Kind of building a sort of fan base, and before you did the Kickstarter, yeah. But then by the time you did the Kickstarter, you'd also put up um, two of your own comics online: mm-hmm. um, Rent Quest and Pizza Witch, which were both kind of like short, kind of like about twenty to thirty page long, kind of story comics.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important to do something narrative based because it's like, um, yeah, I'm if like if like only press had only seen our super adventure, I don't think. I would have been um, asked to pitch stuff because it's like, our Super Adventure is only like a 4 panel thing. You don't get much story. Whereas like um, I did a comic called Pizza Witch alongside um, our Super Adventure and it's like four pages. I think it's 22 pages in total, which is like about how long an average comic, a floppy comic is. Um, so it shows that I can tell a story in 22 pages, which I think is really important.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely a good thing for people to be able to see that you can kind of work to the constraints of that medium in the mainstream yeah so it's that's something worth bearing in mind i guess that if you want to sort of get into making those kind of comic books if you put out something online that's serialized in the same kind of way if you're kind of emulating the thing you want to be able to do then that's totally going to help
1: yes and um people always hop on about this but sometimes people don't do it still it's really important that you have your contact information easy to find
0: yes and also having a portfolio website is just beyond like important and making sure that you have a place on the web that is just like your work i see a lot of people Mm. i see a lot of people especially like people who work for like comic book publishers complaining that they'll try and look into someone's what what they think is going to be their portfolio website and that ends up just being like a load of like reblogs and memes and stuff like that alongside the work so then they can't really see what they were going to check out so having one having a place on the internet is just literally a place where it is your work, your your portfolio, like, I think that's very important.
1: I I had that problem recently, was, like, I, I couldn't do a job and I wanted to recommend someone, and they didn't have a portfolio, and it's like, I don't really want to just send your Twitter. Like, <laughs> I, you can see, I guess you can see work in, like, the media, but you have to, like, scroll through other posts that aren't. You just should have all your work in a nice... Place and you don't need you don't need to pay for like a fancy portfolio website. You, you could just, just have do... a Tumblr
0: page or something like that. Yeah, there's like there's Tumblr layers that lay that will lend themselves to being quite just instant and being able to just just being able to display all that art or like all that all someone's work in just one nice, easy, convenient website with clear contact details.
1: Yeah, like yeah. you should make it easy for the person who wants to hire you <laughs> to see that you know you're hireable and like you'd be a good fit
0: um yeah it's, it's in in another way like you wouldn't i would never have dreamt of applying for a job by like writing a cv but in between all my credentials like posting my favorite memes <laughs> um, <laughs> well maybe maybe that would have worked i don't know
1: please hire me here's a list of my favorite finds
0: oh my gosh but like <laughs> if you get that right person though, uh, if you get the right employment person <laughs> who's like ah oh, finally uh, we do <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, I guess the refined version of that is put stuff online, mm. make sure people know how to contact you.
1: And like update, like on a regular basis as well, show people that you're active and what you want to be working on. That's my advice. Nice. Our I think, advice. I
0: think that was good advice. Yeah. Um, Moga asked on Instagram, um, do you have any reservations about putting your relationship out into the public eye? Um, how do us two run the business together and... If you are a kind of cat, what would you be? So I think we should start with the, the last bit there.
1: The most if you, simple If you were int. a kind
0: of cat, what would you be?
1: I'd be Pixel. I'd be Pixel, the <laughs> cat. He's like a bag of sand. I love him so much. He dribbles. That'd be me. I'd just be a little bag of sand.
0: Yeah, I would, I would just be Toby. I feel like kinship with Toby because she's so fluffy and I feel like I've got kind of like a lot of hair on top yeah, of my head, got the same so... Hair. I would either be Toby, or I would be... What's the big, like, fluffy ragdoll cats? Are
1: they just called ragdoll cats? Oh. I might just be
0: a ragdoll cat. Whichever, <laughs> the, just the biggest, fluffiest kind of cat. Although I wouldn't want to have hairballs. I want to be a big, <laughs> fluffy ragdoll cat, but um, you need to promise to still brush me regularly.
1: I just want to be a bag of sand. Yeah. I'm not even a cat, I'm just literally a bag <laughs> of sand.
0: <laughs> Pixel's not even a cat, it's just a, a sandbag that we've drawn a face onto. <laughs> so
1: good.
0: Okay, um let's let's work it backwards um how do we run the business together?
1: How do we run the business together
0: um okay, um, I guess I kind of run the businessy side of stuff.
1: you do all the admin,
0: yeah, so I do kind of like. I do all, like, the taxes and stuff like that. <laughs> all that fun stuff. I and run this? the online shop.
1: How do they work? I don't spreadsheets know.
0: Spreadsheets and all that stuff. Although, oh I, I, I don't really have that many spreadsheets. I say spreadsheets like I've got loads of spreadsheets. I think we don't really keep that many spreadsheets.
1: You you make, like, a cool uh, checklist spreadsheet for me, for my comics, and, oh, it's really great.
0: Oh, I did, like, a thing on it where it gave Sarah, like, a, a little thing where it calculated what percent she'd finished based on how many boxes she'd ticked
1: i love it it's so great oh my gosh but, um, it's hard to explain
0: i guess like i kind of run most of like the online shop stuff like i'll package all the orders and stuff and i guess i'll get i'll get, I'll, I'll, be, I'll grab i'll I'll get sarah to like begrudgingly do a load of signing books and stuff like that i don't
1: like signing books just, like if i'm in a if i'm working on a page though i'm like one more panel i'll
0: be like S- sarah please we <laughs> sign please? sign these books but, um, yeah, so then I'll get stuff packaged up and take it down to our local post depot because um, we we stopped taking stuff to our local post office post office a while ago because everyone used to hate us in there. Yeah. So we were just dropping used... stuff off in very large amounts. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, now we just drop it straight to the depot, which is really handy because we can just grab loads of mail sacks and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so I guess I'll do that and... Make sure all your websites are doing what they're meant to be doing.
1: Oh, yeah, you update the comic. Like, yeah, we... I'll,
0: like, I'll post the comic up in a bunch of places while we're posting comics.
1: Yeah, you, you do. You, do just, uh, you let you maintain all of... You make sure stuff's up to date.
0: I think I just make sure stuff works the way it needs to be working. So I think like the whole th- kind of thing is that when when we realised that we were in a position where I could start working with you, I think it's just a case of me me being able to take over anything that was keeping you away from doing, like... Just the the main thing that you should be doing, which is like drawing comics. So, That's I think right. anything that isn't anything that isn't drawing comics, I guess I try and like help with and make yeah. make run nicely.
1: And I and I draw the pictures. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I I I I also do like stuff to do with like getting books in like. Getting books together design-wise?
1: Yes. You... So when it
0: comes to, like, the self-published stuff, like, Our Super Adventure and the Pizza Witch Deluxe Edition, I kind of, like, put all the files into, like, the right formats and get all the stuff together design-wise so we can get that stuff printed you... and delivered. And
1: You also edit my scripts and stuff. For me, I have, like, editors, but like they get double edited, which oh, is nice. Oh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'll, like,
0: read through stuff and just make sure it flows nicely before we send it.
1: Mm, yeah, so that's good.
0: But, yeah, I think it's just, like, loads of little... Bits and pieces. Mm. So yeah, um, that's it really. I think I just kind of make sure that everything you've got online is doing what it needs to be doing. And then just kind of keep records of like, keep track of like what stock we've got, like how many books we've got, like when when we'll need to get like a reprint sorted and stuff like that. Yeah. And then when it comes to Comic-Cons, making sure that like, keeping a record of what we've sold at Comic-Cons you and stuff like that.
1: Packing books up for
0: Comic-Cons is actually, like, really time-consuming as well. Oh, my well. gosh, like, uh, the, the, the days when I send stuff... when I send stock off for, like, the international shows we've been doing, that stuff mm-hmm. takes so long, and I don't know how, how it takes up so much time, but... I, I was guess... just
1: thinking about UK shows, like, even that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, It's... It, I don't know, it's just... It's, it's, like, funny little thing... Like, stuff like that, you, you don't think it would take so long, but it can take, like, a whole day. Yeah. And now that's your whole day to manage and I am in the corner drawing and writing
0: I'm so super appreciative that we get to do like this now though because everything that I was I was still kind of like ever since you did the Kickstarter I was still helping out with a whole bunch of that stuff Mm. but it was like finding these scraps of time in between like getting home from work and then having something to eat and then like not falling asleep in front of the tv and trying to do stuff and then we'd end up being up to like we'd end up staying up to like about two or three in the morning doing a mail out ready for the next day and it was all a bit like you would literally be dust right now if we were still doing that yeah i think we had i would just have a dust boy we we had two solid years of that kind of that kind of mixture of Mm. um of stuff and I guess I'm very appreciative that I get to just help you full time now because I think I'm I would have. I, I think I think I would have just like died of exhaustion by this point. But
1: yeah, like um, I think we, I think we're very lucky and we get to do like a lot of cool things or cool books. But it's like I do not think we would be able to do it without. Like if we weren't working together, like yeah, um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I would just kind of be in a little ditch somewhere. <laughs> you'd be like, you wanna come out of your hole, and I'd be like, nope. <laughs>
0: it's cool yeah yeah we Uh get a a holiday one day (laughs) (laughs) um again then the last bit was do you ever have reservations about putting your relationship out into the public eye
1: i think i have a total disconnect from that mentally yeah i think think we we, we, we said something
0: similar on the last um on the last episode about it but like i've been thinking about it recently and i just i don't think my brain processes it enough i think do you remember there was, a, there was that first time when there was, like, a whole big imager post that went viral, where mm. there was a bunch of the the, um, the comics, and, like, so many of the comments on that were really, like, mean and weird?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And
0: I think ever since then, I don't think I'll let myself think about it too critically. Like, I have to realise that there's, gonna be, there's always going to be people out there who are, like, super weird and mean about it, mm. but there are people who are probably going to be in a situation where they feel, like, that sad and stuff for a reason. So I kind of have to feel bad for the people writing that kind of comment in a way.
1: Yeah, like, if you're going to take time out of your day to leave, like, a mean comment on something, it's like, I don't envy you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then it's like, when we get nice comments, I think I think that's the thing that, like, cancels out all the bad stuff. Because I yeah. think we see so much nicer... We see, see, we see so many nice positive comments on the internet that it's kind of negated any weird occasional bit of, like, bad stuff. Mm. Like, I think on the um, on the engagement comic, there was, like, someone who put a, 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 that comment on Instagram where it was like, wasn't someone like, how did, like, w- that we're both messes or something like that? <gasps> what was what? that comment?
1: I didn't remember that comment. I feel like
0: there was a comment that both sort of signified that we're both, like... <sighs> two messes that fan each other and i was like no oh, i kind of like sounds that cute. though yeah <laughs> it's kinda like, that's, I'm, I'm on board with that description in a way i'm not sure if it was meant with like much compassion or anything but like you know
1: yeah i i think um when we first started when our super adventure first started getting attention and we'd get those mean comments at the start i think it used to like bother me but now i'm like lol block <laughs> like
0: bye yeah it's like <laughs> especially when people like wander onto your facebook page and try and say stuff it's like wait this is like we get to curate this bit of the internet. You can't just stumble in and be. You want to
1: come into my house and be rude? Yeah, no, get that super here. weird. So
0: like when when people post off on Imager and it's like the wild wild west of comic, like, you're like <gasps> comic internet, then it's like yeah, fine. Like people can be weird and bitter out there, but at the yeah. same time, it's also like a strange little weird place. Whereas if people stumble into like your like Instagram or Facebook and start kicking up a fuss, it's like hey hey wait a second yeah this is our bit of the internet. Um kind of
1: although like i when drawing a comic if if i look at it and think like oh this is like easy by like if someone Aww. could be mean to this or like it looks a bit funny i'm just like that's a book comic <laughs> like
0: that's
1: all right i'm not going online
0: <laughs> people can see that and comment on it when they read it and the book
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that like yeah i think i'm just like here's the comic and i throw it into the internet
0: Okay, uh, at Ken McFarlane on Twitter asks, how do you set up a page when working on it initially for a print release or initially for digital release?
1: Um, even if I'm if at the time I think it's only going to go online, I do everything at like 300 DPI and make sure it's at like a, a good print dimension because like further down the line I might want to print it. So I think that's really important um, as well. It's like If you do something below 300 DPI um, it's not going to print very well so it's really important that you make sure it's at that good print quality, regardless of where you put in it.
0: Yeah, you'll find a lot of professional printing um, companies will say that, like your file should always be three hundred DPI, at, like an absolute minimum. And that's just because if you print something that's less than three hundred DPI, it's just not going to like um, it's just literally not going to be. There won't be enough detail to the actual finished print for it to look nice. It'll look kind of a bit weird and a bit blurry and a bit fuzzy. But um, yeah, I think you should always you should always kind of like bear in mind that you might want to eventually someday make your work physical in some shape or form because yeah. i think if you kind of start working at a much smaller size and then in the future think hey i'd like to print this and then realize that you can't really do it without sacrificing a lot of image quality like you'll just want to kick yourself in the past you yeah. want to get into a little time machine and go back and go no why'd you do that <laughs> so i think you always want to kind of like bear in mind you always want to be what you, you you can always size down but you can't really size up Okay, we got another question from Lord Smithintosh on Twitter. Uh, What inspired you to make him Repo?
1: Fear of zombies, (laughs) essentially. Um, When I was a kid, I lived in uh, what's it called? Uh, It's like a close. It's not a close.
0: I like a cul de sac.
1: Yeah, I lived in the cul de sac, and at the bottom of the cul de sac was a graveyard. And it was very spooky. And I read, like, this uh, Goosebumps book. I can't remember what... It was, like, Camp Stay Alive or something. And it was just very zombie-focused. So I was incredibly scared of zombies. And I lived right next to a graveyard. And I was pretty sure that it's, like, you know, I was going to get eaten by zombies in the night. So I used to struggle to get to sleep tonight, and I would dream about being Grim Reaper, which sounds really dorky. I was very young, because um, it's like can't die if you're deaf. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, and yeah, and just like that little goofy thing from my baby years is uh, what sparked the idea for Grim Reaper. So cool. yeah,
0: nice. Yeah. Okay, uh, last question for this week. Uh, at Hamish Steele asks, is there a comic you've read that you wish you'd made?
1: Um, it's been a while since I've read it, but um, probably Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley, because like, it's so
0: good. It's a really good book.
1: Yeah, gosh damn. Like Everything Brian Lee O'Malley does is like, very
0: good. So. Yeah, I'm really excited to see his new comic whenever that gets brought out, but I don't think there's like a solid release on that yet. Yeah. It's like Worst World.
1: It's going to be good, though.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that should be really exciting. Okay, yeah. I think that's all the questions we've got for this week. Um Next week's episode, I don't know what that's about yet. We haven't picked oh, a theme.
1: I know what it should be about. What's that? Sonic. The Hedgehog.
0: That sounds, like, great. I'd be so much happier if that wasn't, like, the fifth time we've had to record this <laughs> because of Wilson coming in the room and licking various things. Like... I've- Is he pouring at the door? Okay, episode four of our super podcast will be
1: Sonic the Hedgehog.
0: Based on Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) Does not even like a Sonic the Hedgehog theme at all.
1: It's my favorite. Oh, is awful. And Tails. If
0: if you either have any questions you'd like to ask us about Sonic the Hedgehog in any shape or form, I'm not going to sing Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Please send your questions through to our super podcast at gmail.com. Or send them to us on Twitter with um, our Twitter handle at our Super Podcast. Yes. So um, yeah, this has been our Super Podcast. I'm Steph Ferranins. I'm Sarah Grayley. And remember, keep, keep being super. super.